been humbled quite a bit through this journey, but I will say I've never had such a time where I have grown in my faith um, and in my own self-confidence, although that also comes with self-doubt at the same time, and my children to see um, to see how they've just really blossomed in, in this atmosphere of home. But with that, I also feel like there's a, there's a great responsibility to make sure the atmosphere of my home is filled with joy, regardless of my feelings. I want to really create an atmosphere of joy. Sometimes creating that atmosphere in your home where you can find that joy to homeschool is difficult. Today, Holly talks with us about some of those challenges, about wanting to do too much too early, about learning how to say no to some really good things so that you can say yes to the best things, about feeling inadequate and ill-equipped and how you can overcome that. Today's episode, we talk a lot about the early years and preschool because that's the ages of Holly's children. But the reality is what the lessons that she is learning and telling us about are so applicable throughout our children's education and throughout our lives. So I'm really excited for you to hear from Holly today and Um, I hope that you can take what she tells us and find a way to apply it to your life and your homeschool. I want to welcome to the podcast today, Holly Howard. She is a mom of two children, ages five and one, and she has been training and educating her children since birth, but um, probably more officially homeschooling for the past year. So welcome, Holly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk today. Would you start by telling us a little bit about your family and your homeschool journey? Sure. I have a five-year-old. He just recently turned five and a soon-to-be two-year-old. And um, we decided to homeschool pretty close to the school year. My son was actually enrolled in three different schools. (laughs) And then um, we decided that homeschool was the right um, direction for him even though I had been um, kind of researching it for the last couple of years. So we're in our our first year homeschooling. He's in pre-K and so far we're enjoying it. And when you began your homeschool journey, which has um, just recently started and it sounds like it it kind of started a little maybe unexpectedly, what ideas were influencing your decision to do that and maybe how you decided how to approach this year? Because getting started is often one of the most difficult challenges. Yes. So although it was unexpected, the decision to homeschool, the um, research that I had put in was a few years into it. Um, And so I actually, I had been um, looking at recommendations and suggestions for different types of curriculum and how to homeschool and things like that. Um, But it wasn't until I went to the OCHEC conference here in Oklahoma City that I really was able to put um, some final decisions into how we would homeschool. And so one of the things that really stood out to me is that I wanted my son, who is uniquely made, to have a unique education that fit him so that I could play to his strengths and so that I could also help encourage him gently in his limitations so that they could hopefully become a strength. Um, And I really struggled with... um, who could provide that for my son? 
what type of schooling could provide that for him. As I said, he was enrolled in three different schools. Um, some One was a private school, one was a public school, and, um, and we ultimately decided to homeschool. And the reason why is because at that OCHEC conference, um, one of the speakers said something that just really spoke to me. He said that we as mothers have been teaching our children since birth. And at what point has society or others decided that we're no longer fit to parent and teach our children as parents? And um, he then went on to say that we are equipped and God equips us in every good way for the child that he has placed in our hearts and in our homes um, who are ours and they're gifts from him. And so he's uniquely given us the gifts to do that. And so that really just stuck out to me. And I decided then I wanted to create a um, homeschool that would really meet his needs. And so that meant that it probably wouldn't look like everybody else's. And that was something that was a little bit hard for me to wrap my mind around because I am a type A person. I had it. I did have it planned out. Um, once we made that decision to homeschool, I, I did. I broke it up to three into three terms and I had book lists and what we would cover each term. And oh, and let me tell you that <laughs> that was uh, putting a little bit too much on myself. It backfired a little bit. <laughs> it's all nice in the planning. It's the implementation that starts to break down. Yes. Yes. And that's, that was just something that I had to, I think I had to learn. And thankfully I had kind of mentoring mothers who have been through um, this part of homeschooling and have are further along in the journey invest in me and say to me, you know what, you're really at this stage, less is more. And what they need is to spend time in nature and they need to be read to. And um, they really need to be working on their habits. And so that when they do get to that, really intense formal education where there are multiple hours that we need to be doing schoolwork um, and we need to be able to pay attention at that point and also obey to get the, the the work done and done in a timely manner and that is something that i thought oh my gosh yeah i never thought about that and what a joy that i have that privilege to do that because i homeschool something i really wouldn't have the privilege to do nearly as invest as much energy or time into if i wasn't with my son multiple hours a day Right. And I love that perspective of God has given you the children he gave to you for a reason. And I agree wholeheartedly. We have firmly equipped, not necessarily ahead of time, but as we need it to deal with the challenges yes. that our children present. Because I, I know I look at other families and think, oh my, and that's not at all how we do stuff. And I take that step back and think, I can see why they're doing some things that they are. And then mm -hmm. the same is true when they look at our family and I can tell them, you know what, we can't do that because I have a sensitive child or a child who's still um, in the emerging reader stage. And so they're just, it's not the same. So that mm -hmm. was, that's awesome advice to remember and come back to and remember again later when you get into a new stage that you're struggling again. Well, hopefully I'll have someone remind me around right. that time. Uh, you mentioned that one of the things that you are looking forward to is helping your children overcome their limitations and make, turn those into strengths or at least mitigate the challenges it might present. Um, was that something that you thought about initially or something that you've come to realize over the past six months to a year? 
I think initially it presented as anxiety in myself um, as we got closer to school approaching and um, being concerned about how others might respond to behavior that they might see and how that would impact his self-esteem and who he is. And so um, he is a, <laughs> I should back up and say he is a very smart child. He's very energetic, very typical boy, all boy, um, and very curious. So with that curiosity comes a mind that really never shuts off and is a constant question after question after question and who is really seeking answers. Um, and, and so initially I just kept thinking, oh my goodness, in a schoolroom, when he's expected to be quiet and raise his hand and not ask, but what if I was concerned about, um, well, honestly, him getting on his report card, he talks too much, just like his mother did whenever, <laughs> whenever I was in school. Um, and I just wanted to continue to get that, you know, that love for, for learning, just to continue that for him. And so I think really it has been more over the last six months that I have realized it that anxiety was there for a good reason. And now I see it as a way that I can help him in his strengths and help him grow in those areas um, that aren't his strengths currently. So I'm sure there are other mothers out there who have similar children. I had one of those who was always asking the questions. And whenever she would go spend some time with family, I, it literally would be two days before I realized that they were gone. It just, it took that long for my brain to stop really processing and thinking because I was always on because there were so many questions coming. So how might you encourage other moms in the similar situation, whether it's physical, physically keeping up with their children? Because I had one of those too, that I was tired all the time because she was just all over the place or one yeah. who is constantly asking those questions, how have you found to um, recharge, to rest, to find that little bit of respite? Because when we do homeschool, it's a 24-7 job. And it's, we yeah. really don't get that time off and time away. Even though dad takes them for a while, it's usually not mm -hmm. very long. <laughs> well, and our minds as mothers don't shut off during that time from being a mom, so right. yes. Yes. Um, you know, that is really something I'm still navigating myself. I, I don't have a lot of advice there. I can say what has worked for me. Um, and it sounds crazy, but uh, I have began a kind of a workout routine. And I'm not the fittest of people by any means. In fact, I didn't really enjoy working out. But part of that includes yoga a couple of times a week. And um, I do that at the local YMCA, which is international. So there's a lot of opportunities for that. They have child watch up to age eight. And so currently my children are able to go into the child watch and socialize with other children during the hour. So I don't feel at all like I'm being selfish. I feel like I'm still really investing him in, in that time because he's learning how to be under someone else's authority from the teachers and also how to interact with children of all ages in that child watch. Um, and what I'm benefiting from is yoga, which includes deep breathing. And I have taken that into motherhood. That has been so helpful because there's been plenty of times where the questions come so fast or are so intelligent that I don't know the answer to. I often feel very ill-equipped and have to remind myself, okay, I, I can help him learn this information. I just don't know the answer. So let's go find out together. Right. Um, and also, it requires me to breathe deeply a lot. <laughs> 
Yes, breathing deeply does help many, many things. And, you know, in, yeah. investing in yourself in that way, I find makes me a better mom and teacher. I'm more patient. I am calmer. I can deal with all the changes because there's so many times during the day that things get changed around and we have to be able to pivot on the spot. And some of us, that's not our first tendency. <laughs> so the exercise right. really does help with that. It does. So, and it also, go ahead. It also does help. I don't have a schedule that I, that I follow, but I do have a routine. And then within that routine, one of the glories of homeschool is that I can alter it based on our needs on that day. So if he's having an emotional day, or if we have a slew of doctor's appointments, or he got the flu shot the day before and is feeling miserable, then whatever it may be, I can alter that. Yes, that is an awesome benefit. Mm -hmm. So as you've kind of reflect back on when you first started researching and to where you are now, what ideas have you realized were not very helpful or not valid for your family? Okay, so for my family, and this won't be true for everyone, is um, the idea that I needed a school room. <laughs> I still, against, although there was so much that said, yes, set up a schoolroom, a particular area for learning, a learning environment. Um, I also had a few seasoned mothers who schooled their children at home that said, no, that's not necessary. And maybe you shouldn't do that because really learning happens all day long in every environment. And I did. I went ahead against that. I wish I had listened to that because I have a schoolroom all set up in which now I mainly just try to keep the children kind of out of because there's things <laughs> like art supplies in there that I feel like I need to, you know, supervise if they're right. going to use. Um, and we do almost all of our stuff at our formal dining room table or our kitchen or uh, kitchen table or in our kitchen or outside. So really little, little learning happens inside that school room. So one of the other things that ended up not being helpful for me is to have a curriculum this year while he's in pre-K. I think I'm a person that really likes to know what I'm doing. I like to have a plan right in front of me and I like it to be detailed. But um, although there's wonderful curriculums out there and I even ordered a few and looked through them and then ended up returning them for pre-K um, and really for kindergarten. For myself, I have learned um, really that I just, it needs to be a lot more simplified. And by having that curriculum, it, it did put expectations on myself and my son that then made me feel overwhelmed and then that spilled out into my education with him, and it kind of sucked the joy out of learning. Whereas later, later I do think that would be more helpful for myself. But right now for pre-K and kindergarten, it was just too much. I think it's important to, as you alluded to, to know yourself and how your personality is going to come into play with that. And like how you need to have a plan, but the curriculum was too much of a plan. So to some extent, I think there's some trial and error in finding where your balance is. Yes, I totally agree. Because I would have never thought I landed where I did. And you mentioned that less is more. Are you finding that that is true of more than just the curriculum? Like in, in aspects of your routine and... Um, throughout your daily life and how you're kind of approaching that now that that's tumbling around in the back of your mind? Yes. So 
less is more, but also God continues to tell me slow and steady. I hear that over and over again. So when it comes to the to the educating my son, it has ended up, uh, the less is more has ended up being spending time in nature as much as possible, letting him be a boy, riding his bike, playing in the mud, um, playing games that are beneficial. They're not just games for to play a game's sake. In fact, I don't actually like playing games, but but that type of atmosphere of learning for him is a lot of fun and he enjoys it. And then reading to him. So those three key things have really been, well, and also training him in habits, um, have been what I'm focusing on the most part. And in the games, I'm able to teach him, you know, his ABCs and his sounds and his numbers and um, those types of things. Um, and in my own life, I had to scale back quite a bit. Um, I had recently, my, my daughter was born, she'll be two, um, and this winter. and I decided to become a stay-at-home mom when she was born. So um, initially I jumped into so many fun things, so many fun groups. I am extroverted, so I, I thought, okay, I just need to be out there. And as long as we stay busy, it's gonna be fine. And once we decided to, we started the school year, I realized, okay, so what is what is best? So I needed to say no to some good things to have what was best that was left. Um, so that included some of the things in my own life. Um, but the ones that I did keep, I felt like were really either poured into me quite a bit um, so I could be a better mother um, or him. There's nothing in between that's just for fun or anything like that. So although they are fun. So for example, I'm also part of a MOPS group to inspire and encourage mothers of young children. So um, in that group, I get that encouragement I need. And again, he gets to socialize with children in, in that setting of his own age because we have several women in there that homeschool that's good to have multiple places that you can connect with women who are homeschooling in different stages so that you can see the whole picture and get that feedback and yes I feel like that's absolutely necessary definitely truly and I and I do like I've been (laughs) I've been so blessed to find a group that also believes in the same foundational ways of schooling a child and so there's not a conflict in the philosophy of education um, so our ideas of how we want to, to often parent as well but educate our children are very similar and then I through that I can just ask questions and they are so helpful you being one of them that is a, an awesome group that we have um, and I agree it is it is essential we actually for many years, I've planned our vacations around that group meeting so that we wouldn't miss it. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, because it was it was so essential. It was the one place that, um, so Holly and I go to a Charlotte Mason discussion group each month. And it's the one place that you know whenever you say, my child's not getting dictation or whatever it is. Somebody else in the group is going to be nodding their head. Oh yeah, I've been there. I I get that. Yes. Or for newbies like me, there's other people going, "What's dictation?" Again? Right. <laughs> and then we stop and say, "Oh yeah." So let's back up. And then the interesting thing, whenever that happens, that somebody says, "No, wait a minute. What does that mean?" And we all have to stop back or take that step back and say, "Well." This is how we've interpreted it. And then we get to hear how other people have interpreted it as well. Because Charlotte Mason had a philosophy 
but it's not a rigid set of rules. And one of the things that she talks about is being the student of your child. And so it's fun to hear interpretations that are a little bit different than ours, because sometimes we'll pick up little nuances that might help. And so it's the whole mm -hmm. circle that regardless of your philosophy of education, find a group that you can connect with and talk to openly and share those struggles. I think it seems like, especially in this current society with so much of a focus on social media and just that putting your best foot forward, that it's hard mm -hmm. to find times that if someone says, how are you, you can really say not well. And having yeah. a community like, like we have with our discussion group, we can show up and we can say, oh, it's been a horrible month and this is what's been happening. And other people may have some suggestions, but more importantly, they're just there to say, yeah, we've had those too. And it'll get yes. better. Exactly. So when you first started homeschooling, when you first started to stay home with your children, um, what was that like? Did, was that something that you knew that you would do from the beginning? Oh, goodness, no. It was the complete opposite of what I ever expected, ever. <laughs> I really foresaw myself being a career woman. I worked in adoption, and I loved that field. It's still very near and dear to my heart. Um, I felt like I was working for a really worthy cause. And so um, it, it, was, it was good. It was nice to have both parts of me. Um, but once my daughter was born, um, it was really a string of events. My husband was finishing his master's degree, working full-time um, and doing clinicals full-time. And so there was more of a need initially for me to, to stay home for a short period of time for him just to finish up grad school. He was almost done. Um, and through that, I struggled. I, I struggled the first year, um, and it was for about a year I needed to stay home, and then I could return to work wherever or do do anything. But at the end of that year, I realized I knew my son on a level. I might cry, actually. I didn't know how much I didn't know about my son until I stayed home. I had no idea. He's almost identical to me. Bless his little heart. <laughs> He's almost identical to me in so many ways. And um, I just I got lost somehow in the shuffle of things. And I was clinically trained to notice children and their individual uniqueness that God had put in them. And I missed it with my own children. Um, so I was a little sad about that. I had missed out somehow through the shuffle of him being partially with my parents or in a Mother's Day Out program and then eventually for about a year in a daycare setting. Um, but you know what? After the end of that year, I really felt a big change in my heart. And um, it's been the most humbling experience. You know, I have training, clinical training, and I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> There's one thing and to know what an another to put it into practice. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so um, I've been humbled quite a bit through this journey. But I will say I've never had such a time where I have grown in my faith um, and in my own self-confidence, although that also comes with self-doubt at the same time, and my children to see... Um, to see how they've just really blossomed in, in this atmosphere of home. Um, but with that, I also feel like there's a, there's a great responsibility to make sure the atmosphere of my home is filled with joy 
regardless of my feelings, I want to really create an atmosphere of joy. Um, yeah. That is a theme that I'm hearing a lot right now is homeschool moms wanting to find their joy and enjoy homeschooling and enjoy learning, enjoy being with their children. Uh, I think you touched on a couple of key ways that you can have that joy in your atmosphere, in your home. And one of those is to do less. Um, it is a constant struggle. My girls are older and one is approaching high school. And this year I realized I had too much scheduled and I had to go cut a bunch of stuff out just so we would finish the school day and feel accomplished. And so mm -hmm. the, the less is more reminder comes in every single year whenever I make up our schedule for the year, because we always want to add more in that. Like you said, there's good things. Nothing that I mm -hmm. cut was a bad thing, but right. we can't do it all. So um, other than the less is more, do you have anything else that you try to keep in mind as you are um, trying to create that atmosphere and find that joy? Well, I touched on two other things. Two other things I think to answer that question is finding my own support group of women who right. have are also educated. And then less is more, but also slow and steady. So in the education process, I thought that he should, we just finished term one of 12 weeks. And I thought, okay, he knew most of his ABCs coming into the school year. Somehow he didn't retain necessarily all of them, I found out. Um, but so I thought we could finish up on those and he could all know all the sounds by the end of this term. And I just really, and we could be starting into beginning reading. Um, that was not necessary, was an unrealistic expectation. And um, so just look, really God just looks to slow it down. He doesn't have to even work on sounds of letters. And so now my goal is that in the third term, we'll begin that. Um, and we'll just continue the, the pre-writing skills and the, you know, the letters, uppercase and lowercase, and tell them to make sure he really has them. And then, every, you know, as we're going throughout the day, I will uh, kind of, I don't know, I'll, if we're coming across a word that's fun, I might say like, but, 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 bat, you know, just in a silly way. So then he goes, oh, yeah, I know that. But, right. And B, go together. But it's just in a fun, silly way. Um, so. I think those are my main things. Find your support group, um, go slower than what you think you need to be doing, and less is more. So make sure you live, for me, I have to make sure I leave time at the end of our, our uh, class time, basically, essentially, I guess that's what it would be, even though all day long, technically, we would we, we educate him through daily activities. But um Try to leave that on a positive note and not rushing out the door to somewhere else because then I find I don't leave it on a positive note. Instead, I go right into, oh my gosh, we're late. Hurry, 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 frantic. Right. Um, and that stress on all of us. And then I go away thinking, oh, I should have done that again. So anyway, I ask my son then a lot of times I'll find myself apologizing and asking for a redo. Can I try that again? Um, and thankfully, he's really gracious in letting me do that. Isn't it amazing how much they forget? They just, they just let it go. And yeah. you go back and you say, I'm really sorry. Yesterday was so horrible. I'm like, what'd you do yesterday? Okay, well, let's not bring that back up then. <laughs> right. Yes. Oh, I am. Yep, exactly. Whereas in my mind, I'm still going, oh, the thing you did yesterday was just so 
not not right. It was just wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, so on those days that it's particularly hard, I do also find myself journaling. Because by the end of the time I journal, I find myself going, Lord, you have blessed me more than I deserve. Rather than, but I got to vent first <laughs> through my journaling process. Well, sometimes getting it out of your head is mm-hmm. just all you need. You need to stop thinking about it, at least for me. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, Those are wonderful words. Normally, I end the interviews by asking what advice you would give to a new homeschool mom. And I think you summarized that up very well already with slow and steady, um, less is more, and find your support group. Find your support group. Thank you. I just went blank. Because I kept, I kept also hearing the titles of some books that have that message of less is more and slow and steady going through my mind. And so I was like, no, no, no. What was the third thing she said? <laughs> You're right. I stumbled upon some of those this year, but um, God was whispering those, those phrases to me before I came across this book. So yeah, they're probably great ones to read too. <laughs> they are, yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Holly. And uh, we look forward to maybe talking to you again sometime. Okay. Thanks so much. This podcast is supported by sales on triumphantlearning.com. Today's featured product is hand clapping fun. Children think hand clapping games are just a fun way to pass the time. Little do they realize how beneficial these games are for their physical, mental, and social development. Help your children build these crucial skills while having fun. Learn more at triumphantlearning.com forward slash hand clapping fun. As a thank you to my podcast listeners, use the coupon code AHDPODCAST to receive 10% off your order. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Your feedback will help other homeschool moms find the show so they can be equipped to create a calm, peaceful home atmosphere too. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.